Welcome, friends. So excited for today's topic. I don't know exactly where it's going to go because I'm talking about something that might be challenging to a lot of principles that many hold very dear. And actually, it might challenge a principle that I talk about on this show pretty frequently and consider a big part of my service game, serving to my fullest potential. I don't think it really challenges it, but it's a necessary dimension to it that isn't always explored. And this has to do with connecting to purpose. Purpose is huge with everything. For life to feel worthwhile, it needs to feel purposeful, right? And I have been on a campaign to help people see that service doesn't have to be, cannot be, investigated in this way. As in investigating the purpose driving it. And serving in a way that is fueled by purpose is when you become profoundly effective and fulfilled in whatever role you are serving in. If you're going to be a coach, mentor, inspirer of some sort, you're going to be helping someone connect to their sense of purpose. It is part of the root structure of success and happiness. And it has made the question, why, very fashionable. Like of all the five W's, why is by far the sexiest one right now, right? Simon Sinek, of course, Sinek, I don't know, talks about starting with why. Tony Robbins, all the big names in self-development are going to be talking about how important it is to see your why behind things. And I do not disagree. However, I think it is very important to look at when the question why is helping you and when it's potentially leading you in the wrong direction and when you can be asking better questions than why. And this concerns all operational areas of your daily life besides just the deeper purpose driving something. For example, if something goes wrong, the question why isn't always helpful. I don't know if you ever had any managers that you would approach with a problem and they would say, why did that happen? In a very accusatory way. They're not curious. They're not attempting to solve the problem. They're trying to find out what the problem with you is. What's wrong with you, right? I once had a manager say that to me and I said back to them, like, why psychologically did I do that? (laughs) And they didn't know what to say. They didn't realize why they were even asking the question why. And I think that's what the problem is sometimes. What are we even looking for when we ask the question why? The short answer to this is we usually want to know the reason something's happening, right? We want to know the cause of it. Hence my cheeky response to my manager at the time. I was in a cheeky mood. Like, do you want to know the psychological causes for my choice? Like, I'll do my best. How far back do you want me to go here? (laughs) You know, so wanting to know reasons is totally fine. But will what we uncover be helpful? That's the question. Will they be relevant? Will they be helpful? And will they be true? Because here's what I've learned from using mindfulness to uncover the truth about how we operate as humans. Why questions don't yield reliable answers, generally speaking. So if I'm experiencing something like emotional pain or discomfort, and I can possibly give myself the support I need in order to improve my state and perform better, 
Or, same rules apply when I'm serving a customer, they're struggling with something, I can give them the support they need to feel better and ultimately improve our relationship. The first question doesn't need to be why. It's really actually not quite helpful because why takes you into abstract territory, into theories and possibilities and very just sort of intellectual musings. The first question should be what? What's happening? What are you feeling? What can we actually tangibly get our arms around right now? When understanding something in a mindful way, what is always the first question? What are the feelings? What are the sensations? What are the thoughts? What are the tone of the thoughts? This is the most relevant report about the circumstances because the report consists of exactly what is happening right now. Why gets into, well, maybe this happened in my childhood, and that's why. Maybe. It's just a theory. We're floating around in the past trying to find the origin point of something, and often just causes more confusion. Now, there is a place for why. We'll get into that. I'm saying get really comfortable with gathering what's before any sort of why can emerge. Because I think the same rules apply to connecting to a sense of purpose. I don't know if you've ever done any exercises that involve digging into the whys behind what you do, but it often requires that you ask the question a number of times. So the first time you ask the question, you'll get maybe a fairly superficial answer. And I don't mean shallow, it just doesn't tell the whole story. So I'll ask, why do you like serving? And the person says, because I like helping people. Why do you like helping people? That needs to be the next question. Even though it's great that you like helping people, that is a beautiful and noble endeavor to wish to do so, and that will yield fruit in your life. But it doesn't describe the individual, unique purpose that drives you in particular to serve. So you got to keep digging. Coaches do these practices. One coach calls it seven levels deep, and he says he doesn't stop with people until they're in tears. <laughs> we don't have to do this here. You don't need to do this. But I would say keep digging. Keep using why to find the reason behind the reason until you uncover not so much a why, but a what. Maybe I should write a book called Start With What. <laughs> it's about understanding things in a tangible, concrete, mindful way, but also digging into not just the reason behind something, because so often we think we know the reason, but it's really just a, a very one-dimensional explanation that doesn't at all connect with the true driver for doing it. So when you ask enough questions, eventually you're going to find something that is driving you that you can actually feel in your bone and sinew and what that feeling is like. There might be an explanation for it, but we're talking about something that goes beyond the explanation into like an emotional ding, 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 which in fact validates the intellectual explanation. You need that for it to have any ground to stand on when it comes to purpose, when it comes to many things, but definitely purpose, because purpose at the end of the day is a feeling. So in a sense, we're not looking for why do I serve? Instead, we're looking for what 
feels meaningful about service? And what does that feel like? Remember, mindfulness, like a good service relationship, is about familiarization. And what you want to familiarize yourself here with is the feeling of purpose. That's really the power center we're looking for in any purpose-finding project here. The feeling of purposefulness. And in a sense, this is really the one aspect of purpose that we have to hold on to, is the feeling that something is purposeful. Because reasons can change all the time. They're just words. They're just ideas. If there is no purposeful feeling behind it, then it's really not a reliable explanation for why you're doing what you're doing. And also, this is another real kicker about purpose. Generally speaking, when we're looking for like a why, we're looking for like one explanation, like one thing. I do this because I like helping people. That's the only reason. Or I do this because I want to have this specific impact. Good stuff to know. But those kinds of reasons, those are simply outcome-dependent reasons. And we've talked before about how it's good to want positive outcomes. You don't need to bleach those out of your service game just so you're non-attached and never disappointed. Those are beautiful and you can embrace them. But the next level to explore here is why you want those outcomes. What is it that is emotionally driving you to want those outcomes? And that way, the purpose driving you isn't constrained to just one possible type of outcome. As though you're only here to fulfill one objective. What if the purpose that drives you could result in a swarm of possible great outcomes? Infinite possibilities. Actually, when you are driven by a purpose that you're emotionally connected to, by a sense of what is truly meaningful about it, that is when the possibilities for how you can carry out that mission blow wide open. Think about it. If there was like a room and in that room was a table with a box on it and the box said, the purpose of my life. And so you could open that box and inside you'd find some document detailing the purpose of your life. Would you like it to be one tiny little slip of paper, like a fortune cookie with like a few words on it? That'd be easy, wouldn't it? That'd be much simpler. <laughs> I don't know if a much better alternative would be some weighty stack of papers detailing some complicated sense of purpose. What would you want to pull out of that box? I would say what I would want to pull out is something that gives me a sensory experience of purposefulness and maybe an example of the kind of person that I am being when I am living my life purposefully. A sense that my energy and attention are going in a direction that feels more meaningful. So in a sense, I'd want to open this box and extract some sort of compass needle that's pointing me. And it buzzes when I'm going in the right direction. And in fact, we already have that compass needle. It's called our awareness. Our self-awareness of when things feel right. So here is your homework. If you would like to practice purpose effectively and get familiar with the what's that populate these whys, you can start by reflecting on situations where you have been serving in ways that felt the most meaningful. What was the feeling like? Feel it in your body. Get familiar with that feeling so that you know 
when you've once again contacted it. This is so important because when you do this exercise, your actual why might surprise you because you might encounter situations that felt really meaningful that are unexpected, that didn't necessarily fit the reasoning you'd given yourself. That's another thing about whys. I mean, they're great to know, but they need to be checked in on and reevaluated because it's just an idea. It's just a thought. It's possibly an expired one that isn't relevant anymore. It's just something you've been telling yourself for years and years and not really checked in on whether it has emotional resonance. When you actually reflect on areas of your life where you are serving in meaningful ways, the ones that truly resonated with you may not fit that bill anymore. So you can make those investigations going backwards, but also going forwards. Just be available to situations that feel really meaningful and note what was occurring. Notice all the what's here. What was meaningful about it? What kind of person did I show up as? What kind of impact did I make? What did that feel like? This is the valuable intel. The whys can come later. Now, this is probably a good time to talk about when to incorporate a why, because it's worthwhile to, once you have uncovered enough raw what data, the why can explore where the what's came from. You may get answers that are useful. You may not. I don't know if you need them if you have enough what's, but it's good to know where it came from. Why is this meaningful to me? This kind of process often unearths unfinished business in your life, possibly a certain amount of pain that you experienced when you were younger. Maybe you were neglected as a child and you realized the importance of feeling loved and seen and you want to provide that for other people so they don't feel as much of the pain that you felt then. Perhaps you hit rock bottom in your life at some point and there was a person that pulled you out and that inspired you to offer that same kind of support to others. So what needs to be understood here if you make these explorations is you could uncover a lot of tender stuff in your life. There could be a lot of pain driving why you do what you do. Just know that this doesn't mean that what you do and how you do it is reducible to a couple painful experiences in your life. What it means is it provides an emotional driver for you to do it in a certain way as a means of resolving it, as a means of healing. So this exercise isn't just for the sake of dredging up some sad story. It's to look at how you have risen above your past pain and transmuted it, elevated it into something that can beautifully impact other people. So in a sense, this can solidify your sense of purpose in doing what you're doing. It's to heal yourself and others. I'd say that's a pretty meaningful mission, right? Another important thing to understand about this exercise is that it may reveal what appear to be unhealthy reasons for serving. I notice this all the time in my people-pleasing tendencies. That came from something in my youth and wanting to be loved by somebody or some group of people 
more than I actually was. From who? I don't know. My peers? They were far less loving than my parents. It's all just speculation, though. I'm not looking to make a psychoanalytical diagnosis of myself and say, here are the dysfunctions that are driving your service. The useful thing to do here would be to remain aware of how people-pleasing tendencies are affecting me in the present moment and what I need to do to balance that out. And I need to reconcile with my scared, sad, wounded, younger version of myself because I'll feel happier and healthier as a result. But I don't need to dismiss my drive to serve others as simply the function of not being loved enough when I was a child. Because here's the thing, that initial pain in your life that might have planted a seed, and that pain, that hole in your life, perhaps, may have led to behaviors that were trying to fill that hole, proving your value to yourself, proving that you are a lovable, worthy, okay person, by serving well. And in serving well, you can reveal how valuable you are to others, and therefore that you are okay and acceptable to humanity after all, right? And at first glance, that might seem like it's needy or weak, but it's not something to fix. It's the foundation on which to build a more empowered sense of purpose, driving how you serve. And by empowered, I mean you're serving from a position where you're not just doing what you think you have to, or doing what you need to do or else you're not a worthy, lovable human. You're doing it because you choose to do it, because you know that. It's the vehicle for you to grow into the best version of yourself and offer the best exports of that highest version of yourself to the world. And if you want to clean up your motivations for serving so that they aren't just filling in some void of lack, of lacking approval and love, then that can be done in many ways. The first way is to keep doing exactly what you're doing. Serve with the intention to help others not suffer in the ways you know suffering in your life, so that they feel seen and attended to in environments and situations where you feel like you have opportunities for inner growth throughout this process. And secondly, just be aware of when echoes of that wounded self get triggered. When you see the scared, vulnerable version of yourself and give that part of you some care, attention, and understanding, the same that you would offer to a customer that needs it. You don't need to stop serving because you think it's not with a healthy intention. You just need to care for that part of yourself that doesn't feel healthy. By the way, that all being said, this search for purposeful and meaningful reasons for serving can also be applied to finding purposeful and meaningful reasons to stop serving. That could probably be its own topic. We could talk about how to effectively take a break. I think there's been an episode on that, detailing the importance of sinking your awareness into what you and you only need. I did that for a time after catching myself 
exhausting my inner resources simply to prove my worth in ways that I realized I didn't need to prove anymore and that I dropped out of service. Did I actually need to? I don't know. I didn't have anyone mentoring me through the process at the time. Maybe they could have offered me the perspective shift that so many of my coaches are able to help me with now that I hope to help people with as well. But either way, it was worthwhile. I fell back in love with service from the outside and ended up getting back into it from a much higher and more empowered position. I discovered much deeper purpose by leaving service for a bit. And really, I just ended up halting how I served in the usual way that I professionally served. I ended up actually serving in other ways. And in fact, that can also be a good way to find a new refreshed sense of purpose in the world of service by changing gears and finding new opportunities to that are not ones you're used to. And you can maybe contact those embers that stoke and will stoke any way you serve in its possibly ever-changing forms throughout your life. This is an important shift to make sometimes, going from thinking, I can only do it in this way, at this job, to these people. Shifting into, I have all of this to give. I am so full. I'm overflowing with capability to elevate others. Just give me some track to run on, and you'll be happy you did. All right, all of this being said, it is important to remember that it is often difficult to know the purpose that is driving you. It's difficult to know why we sometimes do the most insignificant things. Like, how often have you said something? And you're like, why did I say that? We're not trying to pinpoint the deep driving force between every little action in our lives. That's exhausting sounding. But it's good to know what's driving major time investments in your life. And by the way, that reason can start with something really, really simple. Because I need the money, and this is something that I'm pretty good at. But if that doesn't quite feel sufficient, these are some ways that you can go deeper. You will be miles ahead of very successful people, even, that are continuing to go to a job, live a certain life, run a certain business, without even knowing the reasons truly that are driving it, without feeling a sense of purposefulness doing it. It might feel fairly empty, and it might not be sustainable as a result. You now know how to tap into that very elusive and coveted question of why. Do you remember how? It's not just asking why, right? It's asking what, but not just what is the reason, but what kind of person does it feel most meaningful to be? This is your way in to tapping into a life that will be most meaningful to you, that will feel most purposeful. In your professional life serving, this will pay much higher dividends than just having some really reasonable reasons. <laughs> All right, cool. Thank you so much. I really hope that this was helpful. This was a very deep and sometimes abstract topic. Let me know if there are any holes in it that I can help fill you in on. Find me 
Stefan at serveconscious.com, S-T-E-F-A-N at serveconscious.com, or go to www.serveconscious.com, get deeper into the content, get on the mailing list, reach out to me there. There's a contact form. I love chatting with people about this. All right. Thank you so much, guys. You have a great day.